Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners to the Voice of the Church program, my name is Paul Eastman. I'm a pastor at the Streetlight Christian Church, a a small church in downtown Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada. And it's been my privilege to bring some messages to you in this month from the Gospel according to Luke. Today I want to read with you a short passage from the middle of Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read that passage with you right now. It has the title, Jesus Raises a Widow's Son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. The uh, focus will be verse 12. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. This is what I would call the showdown at Nain. So that's the title of the message this time, Showdown. This passage, beginning at Luke 7, verse 11, It begins with the word soon afterwards. So this story is closely connected to the previous one. Something amazing had happened in Capernaum. We had seen that in the last message. Jesus had healed the servant of a centurion without even seeing that servant. Everyone was amazed at the power Jesus showed by that act of healing. The centurion was amazed too. He wasn't so much amazed at the power of Jesus because it's clear that he expected Jesus to have that kind of power. But the centurion was amazed that God would show such kindness to him. And Jesus was amazed at the faith of the centurion. And so everyone's amazed. And Jesus is at the center of it. This company, filled with wonder and amazement, is traveling from Capernaum around Jesus. They're on their way to a a town about 35 kilometers away from Capernaum, a town named Nain. Jesus is accompanied not just by his disciples, but by a great crowd. It's, It's kind of like a carnival. They're looking forward to hearing more of Jesus' teaching and seeing more of his miracles. They're excited to be with Jesus because... Perhaps for the first time, they feel like they're on the winning side of things when they're with Jesus. It's really exciting. And they're coming close to the city of Nain, and they're going to bring Jesus into the village 
and show them this great leader from their town. As they draw near to the city, however, their way is blocked. There appeared at the entrance to the village of Nain their terrible enemy, death. Verse 12 says, Behold, a dead man was being carried out. This death is a particularly evil one. For this dead man was the only son of his mother, and his mother was already a widow. The town was moved with pity for her and came out in a great crowd to support her as she goes to bury her son. Not only does she have to deal with the grief of losing her husband, but now she has to deal with the grief of losing her son. And because she is now not only a widow, but a bereaved mother, she is pursued as well by the two demons of loneliness and poverty. And it is this that blocks the entrance to the village of Nain. When we are confronted by death, then death always seems to trump life. For instance, if you want to celebrate a, a birthday, but before the celebration actually happens, somebody in the family dies, well then, of course, the birthday party gets canceled. In fact, when a close family member dies, almost everything gets canceled. If a very close family member dies, you, you don't go to work, you don't go to meetings, you don't go to school. Life stands back in the face of death. And so Jesus, we would expect, will do the same. Just imagine that you were in this great crowd traveling with Jesus toward Nain. What would you do when you saw that group mourning the death of this man. Surely you would stand aside so that the mourners might pass, and you would take your hat off, and you would stand looking sad. Perhaps you would even think about what you would say to that woman to express some sort of hope or comfort. In this standoff, it looks like death in its sadness is going to quell the celebration of life in Jesus. In verse 13, we read that the two companies meet at the city gate. At first, it seems that Jesus falls in line and does the expected thing. He goes to the widow because he has compassion on her. He wants to say something to comfort her like people often will do. But what he says is shocking. It is unacceptable to say such a thing to a grieving mother. He says... Don't cry. How can you tell a person in an agony like this to stop crying? If you want a person to stop crying, you have to take away their pain. Then they can stop crying. But Jesus is Lord. He commands and he expects to be obeyed. He expects you to obey him. Even if he demands of you things that you at first say are unreasonable or impossible. If you feel hopeless, Jesus says to you, don't give way to despair. I am Lord. I will take care of you. If you believe in Jesus, you can laugh in the darkness. You can sing round the grave of loved ones. You can hope in a hospital ward. And you can walk upright in the valley of the 
shadow of death, as David says in Psalm 23. Verse 14, we read what Jesus does. He commanded the woman to stop crying, and presumably she does. She must obey him because he is the Lord. And then he goes and he, he deals with the source of her tears. He goes from the widow to the dead son, and he touches the coffin. Our translation has the word coffin, but the word that Luke uses probably means it's an open stretcher. They are carrying him on an open stretcher. And Jesus goes up and he touches this open stretcher. He's, he's very close to touching the dead man. He touches it. In the ministry of Jesus, we're always reading about Jesus touching things. He, he touches a woman, Peter's mother-in-law, and the fever leaves her. He touches a leper, and the leper is cleansed of his disease. He touches the eye of a blind man and gives him sight. Matthew tells us in chapter 8, Matthew tells us that this is a graphic symbol. When Jesus touches people, it's a graphic symbol of how things are transferred from the sick person or the sad person to Jesus. For he came to take our sorrows and to take away our infirmities. Just as in another place, he had taken another man's blindness on himself. And in another place, he took on another man's leprosy. And so many other examples of people's suffering. So now, he takes this woman's sorrow upon himself. For you see, by touching the stretcher that they're carrying, by touching it, Jesus takes this man's death upon himself. Jesus is also an only son. The grief this woman would know is what the father one day would know. Jesus will die and leave behind a father bereft of his only son. Jesus volunteers to die to relieve the sorrow of a woman he had never met before. He does it simply because when he sees her, he has pity on her and he loves her. He cannot allow her tears to fall to the ground without doing something to relieve her burden, even if it means that he must die in the place of her son. He is willing to do that in order to rescue her from her grief. And so Jesus goes and he, he again does something that is extremely strange or unusual. He touches the coffin or the stretcher upon which the dead man is, and he speaks to the dead man. Sometimes people do that. They speak to the dead. If you are at a funeral visitation and people are coming to greet the family of the person who has died, then if you stand near the coffin, then you might hear people talk to the dead man or the dead woman. They might say things like, I loved you, or I'll never forget you. Or perhaps somebody comes to the funeral home feeling very guilty about some issue that he was never able to resolve with the person who's now dead. And, and he might say something like, I'm so sorry about that incident. Will you please forgive me? People will speak to the dead. That's, that in itself is not unheard of. But Jesus speaks to the dead and he says something that's completely unknown. No one would ever do this. He says, young man, I say to you, Arise. Notice how he says that. He says, I say to you. 
He is stressing his own lordship because it's my voice that reaches your ears. You may not ignore me. Just because you are dead doesn't mean that you can disobey me. And so the man hears the Lord. Even though he's dead, he hears and he sat up and began to speak. Jesus has overcome death. Just an incredibly amazing event. In verse 15, we read that he sat up and began to speak. Now, to be sure that we understand what this is all about, it's not about the raising of the dead. It's about Jesus responding to the grief of the bereaved mother. For we read that Jesus then gave him back to his mother. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. The story opens up with two crowds on a collision course. A showdown was in the making. Where Jesus is, the Lord of the kingdom is there. And therefore, exciting things happen. Unexpected things happen. Death stands back and makes way for life. Sorrow is crushed and joy, unexpected, resounds. What joy came to Nain that day. What unexpected joy came to this grieving mother that day. This, my friends, this is what happens in the church. For where God's people gather for worship, there the church of Jesus Christ is. And the Lord Jesus himself is present, speaking to his people words of comfort and commands unto life. The people traveling with Jesus were not disappointed. They arrived at Nain, amazed at what Jesus had done. And now, against every expectation, he amazed them even more. He restored to a grieving widow her only son. This Jesus continues to amaze us with the gospel. And so I I urge you, dear listeners, go to the rally point, to the place where Jesus is. And listen to him, and he will amaze you too. Thank you for listening.